Nexon Tire USA, we got you. Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nexon Tire Rodian MTX at NexonTireUSA.com. Looking to upgrade your Jeep? Who is is it? Right? right? How would you like to get free gear to make those upgrades happen even faster? The Jeep Talk Show, the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast, is giving you, the listener, a chance to win big ticket items from brands you know, love, and trust. Want in on the action? We'll be giving away major Jeep gear from big name brands every month. This isn't going to be stickers, hats, and t shirts. We're talking about serious gear that can change your Jeep build in a big way. So listen to the show every week and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss your opportunity to win the Jeep Talk Show's biggest giveaways ever. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. The Toledo Jeep Fest coming up the weekend of August 12th. What a great Jeep event you don't want to miss. Go to ToledoJeepFest.com for more information. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in. The Jeep Talk Show is the official Jeep podcast of Mr. Vanderquack. Keep listening for weekly updates about Mr. Vanderquack and his mission to help the children of St. Jude. Go to MrVanderquack.com, that's MRVanderquack.com, and uh, donate today. I am Tony, and I am the lone individual on this interview episode, episode 629. So, uh, this is a little, this is a quick uh, uh, recap of uh, maybe what you've heard on a recent episode. We um, we put up a, a post, a video on TikTok about uh, a, a a local uh, company van driver pulling over uh, illegally into the lane that uh, the Jeep. 2021 jeep talk show gladiator was in and there's been a wide range of comments on uh, what should have happened should i have stopped and let the person in should i have uh, just kept going like i did so it's a it's a very interesting uh read all over there on tiktok so just go to jeep talk show uh and uh, i mean just go to well you can go to jeeptalkshow.com and click on one of the links there to go to tiktok but better go to tiktok and then do a search for jeep talk show look at the video see what you think what should i have done and uh, go go the, after that just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact look up the number for our voicemail line and uh, leave us a comment you may hear it on the show from around the world Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty, ho, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and tonight we're going to be talking with Cody. You might, you might know him as W3AMG Alpha Mike Golf. Is that the is that the appropriate uh, uh, words that I was using there? Like phonetics, phonetic words there, Cody. Absolutely, yeah. I'm Cody, W3AMG. That, that's Whiskey 3 Alpha Mike Golf. You got it. Thanks for having us tonight. <laughs> so, do you have any uh, any funny uh, words that you, like if you're talking on HF and you want people to remember your call, do you have anything for there that isn't phonetics that is just something, uh, uh, like for example, 
uh, my call used to be November 5, uh, uh, Friendly Neighborhood Ham. Uh, I would use that one if I was feeling nice. And if I wasn't, I would say fried nose hairs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That, that's awesome. No, I don't have anything quite like that, although we, we often mess around. The in Ham radio at 7.3 is like best regards, but uh, the there's another a code. I looked up the codes, and, and the 88 is like hugs and kisses. So, so, so we, we mess around with people with that. So l- tell the di- people the difference between 7.3, 73s, and 73rds. Sure. Yeah. So seven seven three in the uh, in the ham radio is basically just a, a number code. There's a lot of different number codes, and that uh, signifies like if you if you're getting off the air seven three, it's like a, a best regards. Right. And if you say seven threes, it's best regard regards archers. <laughs> <laughs> and seventy thirds is something you say on CB, and it's wrong. Don't do it. Anyway, Cody W3AMG has been helping people with ham radio since before he got his license. He started working at Bridgecom Systems when they had just five employees in a basement. I'm hoping they're not, they weren't trapped in there. And has since grown to about 20 (laughs) 20 employees and helped thousands of radio operators around the world. Cody used to own a Jeep WJ, which he made a lot of modifications to, including uh, installing a radio in it. While no longer owning one, he's always had a soft spot for Jeeps. If you want to help with, uh, if you need help with anything two-way radio related, call them at 816-532-8451 or visit www.bridgecomsystems.com. And that's C-O-M, not 2-M, so bridgecomsystems.com. Of course, we'll have this in the, the show notes for this episode. And again, Cody, thanks for being here with us. And I'm, I'm sorry for the, the, the trick 7-3 question. Oh, that's fine. Hey, thanks for having us. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, the the there's you you mentioned about the uh, about uh, working on the Jeep. Now, I, I want to ask you some radio questions about the Jeep because you said you installed a radio in it. But uh, what uh, it, you said it was a Jeep WJ. So, tell us a little about about what modifications you had made to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I I got that Jeep. It, it was first first time ever getting into Jeep or really radio as well. And made quite a few modifications. A lot of it was just fixing what was wrong with it. And then uh, eventually got into a little bit of off-road. I was never super big into it, but I did put a, a, a smaller, like, two-and-a-half-inch lift on it, some better shocks. Uh, ended up rebuilding the engine with all of the, the factory HO parts that you could get for the higher output version of the engine, the, the 4.7-liter V8. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, put some bigger tires on it and had a blast with it. Uh, and then on the, the interior wanting some communications and didn't know much about radio at the time. So I ended up putting a CB radio in it, uh, but did a, did a nice install, made everything flush in the dash and, and had a lot of fun with that. And eventually that sparked my interest into ham radio. Yep. It often does. Uh, my uh, brother, um, half brother came down and visited the, as he would do. Uh, he lived in Arkansas. He and his family, they'd come down uh, pretty much every summer. And one year he came down uh, with a CB in uh, their their big white panel van. And uh, my mom was so impressed by that. I think I was like 12 or 13 at the time. Uh, my mom was so impressed with the CB and him talking skip to people uh, that uh, she got interested in it. And, and it was funny, the, her interest became my interest. So I think she was kind of living vicariously through me. So <laughs> next thing I know, right. I got a CB and I found out I was too young to have a CB license. I mean, they, they literally had CB license, licenses back then. And I was too young to have a CB license, but I, I could have a ham license. It didn't matter what age you were, as long as you could pass a test. 
So I think uh, between the ages of 13 and 16, I, uh, I got into ham radio and then got my license when I was 16. Now, those were back in the days when you had to, you had to start with a novice uh, license. You had to know uh, Morse code. And you had to find somebody with an advanced, I think, or higher license to give you the test at their house. So it was very different back then than it, than it is now. I mean, I was literally cruising around looking for an, uh, antenna systems that looked like ham radio setups and then knocking on the guy's door. <laughs> oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, times have changed. But I think they, they still need a couple people, uh, licensed extras to, to be there, the VE examiners, but yeah. it's, it's a lot different now. Yeah, yeah, and they, and, and they charge you now. Back, back when I did the novice thing, there was no charge. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, uh, and I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, and then, uh, you know, we had to do Morse code back then. So I, ha- I had to literally drive from my home uh, in Baytown, Texas, to downtown Houston, to the FCC office, and take my 13-word-per-minute uh, code test and uh, uh, multiple-guess uh, general test. And I think I, I went six times. The, gen- the, 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 the multiple-guess test was simple. The Morse code just ate my ass, but I finally passed it, and I have been a general licensee since then. Uh, oh, and, and I don't I don't say this very much. My call is uh, WB5ZDD Whiskey Bravo Number Five Zulu Delta Delta or WB5 Zebras Don't Do It. Awesome! Well, yeah, that, that that's cool to hear. So uh, I see your call is a one by uh, or one by three. I guess it is. Uh, is that a uh, um, a vanity call? It is actually, yeah. So I originally, oh man, I don't know if I remember my original. I think it was uh, uh, KE zero WWS, if I recall correctly, was the original. But it, I, I just didn't like it that well. It didn't roll off the tongue. So pretty much immediately after I got it, I switched it over to this, and really haven't looked back. But I, I do get people call me out on occasionally because if I was a three, I'd be somewhere over near Pennsylvania. Like I'm, oh, I'm an imposter, but it's, it's just a vanity. You know, it's just like they did with the phones, with the cell phone companies and stuff. Used to be you'd have an area code, you know where the person was when you called that area code. Now they can be anywhere. They, I don't even know if they if they have to be in the United States. <laughs> so it's just like the call sign uh, numbers. I mean, people don't know what we're talking about. The, there was different geographical locations, and there was a number associated with those locations across the United States, like Texas and and other states in the Texas. Uh, kind of area of the United States. We're in the five region. So uh, I'm still in Texas and I have a five call. And that's what you're talking about is a, a, a three was up, up in the, the northeast someplace, Pennsylvania, I guess you said. So you could, it was easy whenever you heard a call, you could kind of tell where somebody was. And you could, uh, if you had a, a directional antenna, you could, like on HF, you could turn it and kind of point it towards them. But nah, you don't, there's no way of knowing now. Yeah, and it, it still, for the most part, is correct, but there's there's so many vanity call signs, you just never know for sure anymore. Very, very true. So what kind of uh, radio system did you have? Was it just CB, or did you go with any ham radios in the uh, the WJ? Yeah, so back when I had the Jeep, um, unfortunately, just just had a CB radio at the time. I, I didn't actually have my license yet when I owned the car. Oh, okay. uh, but I had a, I installed a Z, CB radio in it and, and got it all tuned up, put it you know flush in the dash. I actually modified the the center console of the car. So it, it looked like it came from factory. It was pretty neat, the, the setup afterwards, um, and, and got into radio that way and eventually got connected with, with Bridgecom. Uh, as before that, I, I knew a, a little bit about radio but hadn't messed around with amateur radio and found an opportunity here, and it, it was a, a fast, it appeared to be fast-growing company and got involved with it and then found, wow, this is really cool, the ham radio, and 
got my license and, and just went from there. So I got to tell you, there are, and you know this, there are some really big uh, amateur radio online businesses out there. And uh, when I found out about you guys, I was real happy to see that, that somebody can still start a business and make an impact uh, selling ham radios and helping uh, people that either are ham radio operators or want to get into the ham radio hobby. And uh, so it, I thought it was really cool that you guys are actually, you know, succeeding at this, uh, you, surrounded by the big boys. Yeah, absolutely. It, it has been a really cool journey. Uh, you know, we started off with, with obviously a lot fewer products, but one of the things we've really focused on, which I think has, has tremendously helped us, is, is just really helping the customer. Uh, we've Since day one, we've been putting out videos to show people how to use the products. You know, we have a, a phone, you call it, you can actually get a hold of someone during our business hours that, you know, uh, we're we're here to help people, and our customers really appreciate that. Uh, and and a lot of the unfortunately, a lot of the bigger companies you can't do that. You know, it's lucky if you find a phone number, and if you do, you often don't get anywhere with it. Right. Yeah, it's very true. Customer service uh, is always a good thing, and I think that's one of the things that keeps people coming back. There is a um, a downside. There are people that will uh, use the customer service, not necessarily yours, but they will use the customer service and then buy cheap someplace else, which which I hate. Is it's not the right thing to do? But people do do that. Sure, absolutely. There's always going to be some of that, and we try to help people as much as we can, so so they will will want to do business with us. And then you know, for those folks who uh, maybe did you know do do business somewhere else and and want to take advantage of, of the support we offer, we actually offer these video courses uh, which walk you through how to use your radio, how to set it up, how to install it, you know, how to do just about everything you want to do with it, program it, everything like that. And, and we sell them, but with, with our customers, we actually just throw them in for free with the radio so they can, can learn about it straight away. Now, are these primarily ham uh, radio videos, or do you also do the GMRS uh, radio stuff as well? Yeah, so these are primarily for amateur radio, ham radio. Now, uh, we actually have just kind of branched into the, the GMRS radio side of things. We have our first GMRS radio. It's a bridge comp, and we've been experimenting with that. A lot of people have really liked it so far. Uh, we don't have a course on it yet, but we're working on one, so we will uh, possibly, by the time this airs, we'll actually have it. Uh, so it, it's, it's been a blast going in with GMRS as well. Uh, there's a lot of GMRS folks out there. I was a little bit surprised. Uh, I enjoy it because you can get, you know, one license that covers your entire family. So even if you are an amateur radio operator and you just want to get your family into it, it's a great way to do it because, uh, you know, they have a little bit longer communication than just a walkie-talkie, but you're able to, to get everyone involved with it. Uh, and we, we make a lot of repeater systems, too, for, for folks who have large properties or, or want to put up a local system. Right. And I was just going to mention uh, the, the GMRS side of things. Um, I don't know if you have a family or not, but if you're an amateur radio operator and you go, this is so cool is to be able to communicate on these little handhelds or mobiles on FM on, you know, the, the 70 centimeters or two meters. It's just so quiet, nicer and so much better than CB. Let me see if I can get my wife to get a license. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> that generally doesn't happen. <laughs> and then the kids, nah. But the great thing about GMRS is it's very similar to uh, two meter or 70 centimeter uh, operation on amateur radio. With uh, And you can even have repeaters on GMRS. So, I mean, with the, the, the subaudible tones, the whole nine yards, it, it really is uh, the best of both worlds because, like you say, your whole family can, can get in on it, use the one call sign, I think up to five people. 
and uh, it, and it talked uh, really vast distances uh, with a GMRS repeater. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great system for that. that. That's one of the main things I like about it. And then one of the other advantages is, is the GMRS radios we sell, and I think most of them are out there as well, actually allow you to talk to the frequencies that, that standard like walkie-talkies can talk on. So if you have your GMRS system, and let's say you know you go on a trip and you're with people who don't have GMRS radios, you can oftentimes still talk to them and communicate with your system. Right, and when you say the, the standard walkie-talkies, you mean the FRS, because I don't want people yeah, thinking F- it's FRS the CB radio. the CB walkie-talkies from years back, because <laughs> you're not going to be talking to no CBs on that. But no. yeah, <laughs> yeah, because there's uh, GMRS uh, frequencies uh, or channels, and then there's uh, the FRS uh, uh, channels, which is a, a low-power type uh, situation and a uh, fixed antenna on the, uh, the handheld. Uh, so... And then we've gone, we've gone into this in other episodes, but we're trying to get everybody in the jeeping community to get away from CB. Uh, GMRS on the trail is so much nicer. You don't have to listen to static. You just have to listen to smart ass comments whenever I'm on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely the way to go. Getting the GMRS, or I even know quite a few folks in the in the jeep community as well, getting into amateur radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, definitely at least GMRS. That way, you're able to talk to. You know, overall, a lot of people, there's a lot of people out there have it or at least have a, some kind of FRS radio. So you're you're pretty well covered on being able to communicate with people. Uh, but there's not a very big barrier to entry. You don't have to you know, go take a test and then get all your buddies to take a test. So it's, it's a great option to have at least even if you have your amateur radio, it's good to have that as well. And I don't know if people, and I, I can just hear people, I got a cell phone. I can talk to anybody across the country or even around the world. So what do I need a radio for? There's something different yeah. about driving a vehicle, even down the highway, and having to look down at your phone, type in the number, or talk to it to call somebody, and then it rings, and then somebody has to answer, and blah, 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 blah. With a radio, you just press the button on the microphone or the, the handy talkie you say what you're going to say and they they talk right back or they get back with you uh, in a few seconds and go what'd you say <laughs> so it's just a lot oh, more convenient to use uh and, and, and you don't it doesn't require as much mental activity as a phone call does no and one of the other advantages to like that is when you're out in the trail if you have a cell phone, you can't call, you know, 10 other people behind you at one time That's right. and, and say the same message. You have to call them individually. Uh, so with a radio, you can just hit that push to talk button. Everyone is now notified of what the message is, and, and they, can, they can talk back to you just the same way. So especially for groups of people, it, it's tremendously much better than a cell phone for communication. Right. So give me an idea of what Bridgecom does. We've mentioned the amateur radio. We, we've mentioned that you're kind of getting into GMRS. But, but give me the, the spiel. What can people expect from uh, Bridgecom radio systems? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what we do here is we help people with communicate with two-way radio. And uh, we have kind of a few different aspects of that. We have our, our amateur radio, ham radio. Uh, and we, we focus a lot on the digital side, on DMR. So basically, you can take your standard a handheld radio, and with a, a SkyBridge or a, a local DMR repeater, uh, those are a couple ways you can connect into the network. You can actually talk to people all over the world via the Internet. It's really cool. So you can be talking to someone on the other side of the country, uh, or just, you know, let's say everything was to go down, you'd still be able to talk locally with it. Um, and then uh, recently we branched out into some more industries like the FRS and the GMRS. So uh, we make GMRS repeater systems, uh, 
lot of a lot of forums have regarded them as some of the best GMRS systems out there because they're they're super rugged and durable, and we can actually build one uh, duplexer and, and system all into one unit. So basically, you buy a plug and play setup, um, and a lot of people have had a lot of success with that. And then we also do a little bit with commercial radio as well. Probably not as applicable here, uh, but but it's really what we focus on is helping the customer, helping you guys. Uh, if you need help with something, uh, our our first solution is to help you folks. And then you know after that, if it if it works out that we help help you get set up with a radio or sell you something great, but uh, we're here to help you. So uh, you may have found this to be true. Uh, it's surprising the, the the people that are actually in amateur radio uh, that that now and in the past. Uh, Gary Shandlin, uh, which I was surprised, was an amateur radio operator <clears throat> prior to his uh, his passing, uh, and of course now he's a silent key. And uh, you have to look up look that up, folks, to see what a silent key means. So, uh, but but I think you also find that um, there's people that are uh, in business and doing business things and need business radio uh, in the jeeping world as well. So, uh, tell tell me a little bit about your business radios. What what, uh, what you have and what you do is it is it in the same uh, uh, seventy centimeter range or I don't even know that much about business radio. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we provide a lot of, of commercial radio systems. So uh, it is in generally in the same 70 centimeter range. Most of the commercial systems run in that range, their frequencies. And we provide a pretty much a whole solution, a whole system for that. Uh, handheld radios, you know, commercial radios, very simple. You have durable radio with your channel knob and, and volume, super easy to use. And then uh, we, we provide the system aspect of it too, the repeater system, uh, the feed line, antenna, duplexer, uh, pretty much all of, the, all of the necessary components to set up a commercial system. So if somebody had a large piece of property and like a farm or a ranch and they wanted to be able to talk on GMRS and they, the handhelds are not doing it for them as far as getting the range, they could pretty simply set up a GMRS repeater uh, at their, their house or, or main base, couldn't they? Absolutely. I know a lot, of, a lot of people actually, especially with like a farm or a ranch, or, or even just, I actually know some neighborhoods as well. They've set up GMRS repeater systems uh, in their neighborhood. And that way they can, they can talk to their family, you know, no matter where they are in that local area. Uh, and if you have, if multiple families have their GMRS call sign, they can, let's say you set one up at your house, uh, your neighbors can use that too, that same system. And with, with a good set of GMRS radios, like the, uh, the Bridgecom Echo that we sell, uh, you'll be able to talk you know, pretty large distances around your local area, your town. So what, uh, what kind of, uh, I mean, I know you can run up to 50 watts on GMRS. Um, what kind of, I guess really just depends on how many trees, uh, how much, uh, what kind of trees they hold, how much water, et cetera, et cetera. What, what kind of setup would you think that you would need to be able to talk to, say, like a, a 50 watt uh, a base type unit uh, on an external antenna? Or I don't even guess you'd have to have that. You just have the repeater set up. You could talk if you were close to the the, the GMRS repeater. You could just hit it. What kind of range do would you get uh, for say fifty uh, uh, fifty watts at fifty feet? Uh, is there a ballpark that you can go with? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it, it's really hard to put a number on it because of so many different variables. Uh, if you're talking to a repeater system and you have the the antenna in the air somewhere, whether that's a tower or on top of your your house at a good elevation. Um, we've had folks get, you know, 20, 25 miles with their handheld radios 
somewhat consistently, but if you're in a, a much more dense area, you might get less than that, you know, 15 miles or so. Now, if you're just talking radio to radio, that number is going to go down drastically. Uh, you'll see a lot of a lot of claims out there for, you know, you get 50 miles or 20 miles out of a radio. That's, that's perfect conditions. Most likely what you're going to see just radio to radio is going to be somewhere in that, you know, two, two to five mile range for a handheld GMRS radio, depending on the conditions. Um, that's just because there's a lot of, of stuff in the way. Whereas when you're talking to a repeater, uh, you're talking, you know, from your radio up to something. There's a lot less in the way. That's why repeaters are so effective. And then they can transmit back at a much higher power. Right. And uh, I, th- I think this is important. There is a bit of a difference between talking on a CB and 11 meters because different frequencies react differently uh, with uh, the, the surroundings and the, the moisture in the air and trees and stuff uh, than, uh, say, 70 centimeters. But generally speaking, uh, the CB will work just about the same way as 70 centimeters. And you correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, but the, 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 the thing that, that gets you a lot of range <laughs> or the, the amazing range that we all thought we would get with CB back when we were kids, you know, and it set up to a quarter mile uh, for the, uh, you know, the, the uh, absorbently priced walkie talkies that you wouldn't even get that out of. Uh, the biggest difference is, is the amount of noise. There's, it's a different way of encoding the signal. FM is a different way of encoding the signal instead of AM. And uh, that saves a lot of, uh, that reduces a lot of the noise. And also, too, the amount of people that are literally transmitting on, on the frequency. So these ranges that you get with GMRS is because it's generally quiet. So what you hear mostly is the people that you want to hear or talk to. That is absolutely true. Uh, a lot of the, you know, the CD channels are, are very heavily used and with it not being FM uh, you get you do tend to get a lot of, of static and everything on that uh, generally it's you know there's a lot more involved with making sure your antenna is perfectly in tune uh, to be able to, to transmit effectively on it because you're limited to only a what, four or five watts on four, CB yeah, it's not very watts. much right um, it's obviously a, a 11 meters it's, it's quite a bit different from a a, a UHF radio like a, a GMRS radio or something like that so it's just kind of a, they do the same purpose, but it's a totally different uh, technology behind it. And with the GMRS system, you get a much more clear communication and you actually have the ability to control it a lot more in terms of privacy. With our GMRS radios, you can actually uh, install like your own privacy tones. So let's say you wanted to set up your family's radios different from everyone's el- everyone else's radios. You can install privacy tones. That way it will keep them totally separate. Right, but I mean, uh, the, uh, just so everybody understands, the privacy tones doesn't keep you from your transmissions from being heard or understood. It basically you're uh, encoding a tone so that a radio that's receiving, if they have that tone, it'll stay quiet until they're hearing from you. But uh, I, I kind of hate those tones on receive because if it's a busy channel and you may not understand why you're not getting to the person, why they're not able to hear you, because it. If there's a stronger station in between, privacy tone or not, you won't you won't hear them because they're not breaking your uh, your receive tone. Uh, but <laughs> it, you won't be able to talk to the person you want to talk to. So I kind of let I like having the receive tone open uh, for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. It just depends where you're using it. If you're using the household, it's a great way to you know keep unwanted activity off of it. But it depending on your situation, that you can turn them on or off. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're close, it, it shouldn't be an issue. But if, if it's further away, like on the trail or something, it it could cause some confusion unless you understand. So privacy, I, I think that privacy tones, and, and I'm not I'm not putting this on you. Uh, privacy tones are a, a good sales pitch, <laughs> but it makes people think it's like scrambled or something. It's not. It's it's completely open. Nope. All right. Yeah, absolutely. It's just just a tone. It's not not literally encrypting your frequency or anything like that. Uh, it just makes it so you have to have that tone in order to hear it. But yeah. it's, it's a good option to have, uh, but sometimes it's better just to have it turned off. Yep. So tell people what a hotspot is, a digital hotspot, because I thought this was pretty cool when I started getting into uh, digital radio. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for, for amateur radio or ham radio, one of the things we have actually designed and, and offer now is a what's called a sky bridge. It's a digital hotspot. And so what it does is it allows you to connect to the, the DMR network uh, or actually a variety of networks. It works with almost all of the digital networks out there, like uh, DMR, D-Star, System Fusion, NXDM, P25, everything like that. And it will allow you to take your just basic handheld radio, if that's a handheld DMR radio, and communicate through that and talk to people all around the world. So you could talk to someone in a different state, a different country, just about anywhere, uh, similar to if you were talking to a DMR repeater. So in ham radio, they have repeaters. And as of recent, they have a lot of DMR repeaters that connect you into that network. Well, this actually takes that device uh, that, that they use in the repeater and allows you to use it yourself uh, in your home. Or you can even take it on the go with you as long as you have an internet connection. It'll link you into that network just like the repeater would. And then, you know, obviously, if the internet was to go down, you still have your radio to communicate locally. Uh, but we have actually put together a plug-and-play package where we, we combo the radio and the SkyBridge, and we do all the work for you. So instead of, you know, programming it, trying to figure out how it works, we take care of the hard part. We, we set everything up. That way you're not spending hours of time programming it, trying to figure it out. That way you can get it, plug it in, and be talking to people around the world. So we've, we've been able to help a lot of people with that and uh, save them a lot of time. Or there's a lot of folks who, you know, they put their radio on the shelf and, you know, given up on it, and we've been able to, to help them actually get on the air with it. Yeah, it, it really is handy for folks that uh, can't get out there and do antennas or live in a, uh, a situation, a HOA, apartment complex, or whatever, and uh, they can still enjoy amateur radio, and all they need is an internet connection and a handheld radio. And we're talking about perfectly clear audio transmissions, both received and sent, around the world. Um, but but I, I equate it a lot to like making a, a Skype phone call because that's that's basically what you're doing. But you're you got a couple of pieces of radio equipment involved in it instead of it just being the computer. Uh, it, it tickles me when I hear people on uh, D Star R DMR uh, saying, "Oh, your your signal is so good." I also love it when they start giving signal reports, and I'm going, "Oh, guys, come on! It's just the internet. Of course, it's good." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. You can reach people just about anywhere. And one of the other advantages uh, I hear all the time, there's actually a lot of truck drivers will use it uh, because they travel a lot. And if you set up your SkyBridge, uh, you basically can set it up once and use it with like a Wi-Fi hotspot on your cell phone. Mm-hmm. And that way, when you travel, you don't have to reprogram anything. So you can, you know, if, you're, if you really mainly use it to talk to people and that's why you, why you have it, you can set it up and be talking to people and not have to reprogram everything as you travel. Uh, obviously, if, you know, if, if your main purpose is to get something, if, if everything was to go down, uh, the SkyBridge is probably not the, the thing to fill that bill. But most people are not buying it for that. And even if they do, the radio can still do that if, 
if that was to happen. Right. You would just need to uh, hunt for repeaters in the area, and they've made that a lot easier on, on many radios oh, yeah. these days. Uh, using uh, built-in GPS and uh, so on and so forth. It's just, there's just so much more freedom, uh, as you can well imagine, whenever you have the repeater in your hand. Uh, and, and these things can be tiny. I mean, this uh, the SkyBridge uh, I'm looking at on your, on your site, bridgecomsystems.com, is uh, just slightly bigger than the handy talkie that's right next to it. Yeah, it's basically almost the size of the screen. So it's got a, a larger screen on it than the radio, so you can see all the information who you're talking to, it'll actually display who you're talking to, their call sign, their name, uh, and what their like their signal strength, everything like that. It'll also display the country flag. So you can, if you're talking to someone in a different country, it shows you that country flag too. Yep, it's really cool. It's a, it's a really fascinating thing, and I kind of poo-poo it because it's not the, the amateur radio that I learned uh, many, many years ago, but it's the future, uh, and it's just uh, it's reliant upon a, uh, a billion-dollar infrastructure uh, which also rubs me the wrong way as an amateur radio operator, but it's but it's fun to use and the billion dollar infrastructure you don't have to pay for uh, and uh, it, and it's robust so you can probably use it. But yeah, all you need is a cell phone or a hotspot uh, to hook, connect in the radio hotspot like the SkyBridge Plus, and then uh, any, anywhere you have a an internet signal uh, coming through the air, you can also talk through it through uh, your handy talkie. And uh, you don't have to be right there at the uh, at the Bridgecom. There's, uh, I mean, at the SkyBridge, it can uh, you can be a little bit away from that too. So it's great in emergencies, just as long as um, the, you know powers up and all the uh, the cellular infrastructure is there. So, uh, Cody, we have only scratched the surface of what you guys do, and we're going to have to have you back so you can tell us more information about this. So uh, let's. Uh, oh, I know the. You know how the kids love the social media. Where can uh, where can they find you guys on social media and get more information and pictures? They just love the pictures. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, probably the best place is to check out our website. That's bridgecomsystems.com. Uh, and then if you want to check out some of the cool stuff we do, we actually have a YouTube channel. So have a look at us on YouTube uh, for Bridgecom Systems. We post a lot of content on there, a lot of helpful information, tutorial videos, ham radio related, and also we've been getting into GMRS now. So uh, we're definitely wanting to service this market more, more of the, you know, the off-road or the prepper community. We've getting, been getting more into that, uh, focusing on that too. So we're here for you. Uh, we're also on just about all the other platforms, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I think we even have a TikTok now. So just about <laughs> everywhere there. <laughs> TikTok, taking over the world. Well, Cody, thank you so much for being with us tonight and uh, really appreciate it. And I, I, my first love was amateur radio before I even got into Jeep. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, being in amateur radio. Uh, and there's so many things that you can do in amateur. You don't have to do just talking on the radio. There's all kinds of, uh, there's uh, RTTY, there's uh, FT8, uh, which is also a digital mode, uh, very uh, similar to like texting, but through your computer. Uh, there's uh, moon bounds, there's uh, satellite work where you can actually talk through satellites uh, to other people thousands of miles away. So th- th- there's all kinds of fun things you can do in amateur radio, and we just covered a tiny bit of it today. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to thank you very much for having us on here. Uh, it's been a blast. Uh, amateur radio is an awesome thing, and, and so is Jeep. So it, it was exciting to be here. Uh, one other thing I almost forgot to mention, we are actually running a giveaway. So we do uh, a lot of giveaways here at BridgeCom. Uh, giving away amateur radio gear and, and even some GMRS gear sometimes. Uh, so if you're interested in that, go to our website, bridgecomsystems.com, 
and uh, click on the giveaways tab and you'll be able to actually enter that totally free uh, to enter and you have a chance at winning a, a usually thousands of dollars worth of amateur radio gear i'm not sure what they're they're giving away this particular month but it's always something good sounds great so remember guys bridgecomsystems.com go over there check it out and uh, win some free stuff cody thanks again absolutely thank you Hey, thanks again to Cody Cameron for taking the time to talk to me about all kinds of radios at BridgecomSystems.com. So that's BridgecomSystems.com. And, you know, I would highly recommend that you look and get uh, look for and get a GMRS radio uh, for your Jeep before the next trail ride. Really, any vehicle that you may have that you'd like to have communications in, instant communications, because it's so much easier to pick up that microphone and just talk than it is to pick up a cell phone, dial a number, wait for somebody to answer, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, ex- and especially when you're driving and trying to pay attention to the road, the uh, talking on the two-way radio is so much uh, simpler and easier and requires so much le- uh, less effort. And, you know, if you're interested in ham radio, this would be a good opportunity for you to uh, join in on that hobby as well. I know we all need another hobby, right? <laughs> so think of GMRS communications for talking to the family, talking on the trail, and then ham radio for, uh, oh, I guess all that uh, time in between when you're not uh, talking to family uh, and uh, not on the trail. It, ham radio is a lot of fun. I've been a ham radio operator for many, many years, and uh, there's so many interesting new things. You can talk around the world on a, a radio very similar to GMRS radio now uh, using some of the uh, digital modes and uh, connections to the Internet, which is getting more and more prevalent. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry or know someone who does? Or maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact now and share your idea for our next great guest. Hey, coming up next week, Tony Pellegrino from genright.com. What a fascinating interview that is. Uh, You don't want to miss it. Uh, Of course, this being a podcast, you don't have to miss it. You can always go back and listen to many, many back episodes that we have in our catalog. So uh, over 600 episodes now available in the uh, the Jeep Talk Show uh, catalog. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and you have access to every one of them there. And you know, it's very easy to sign up for our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you'll find a link to click and sign up. And don't worry, it's easy uh, to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until next show, be sure and check out our TikTok, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, and uh, as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. And remember, just because you signal doesn't mean it's your right to pull into my lane. Podcasting since 2010.